Thank you for tuning in to the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave, where we restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today. Gentlemen, ladies, welcome back. How's everybody doing? Doing well. Doing well. Another day in the neighborhood. How's it going? Good. It is going so very well. So, today's episode, we are going to talk about our favorite projects that never were. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a thing in, like, I think there's a thing with people that collect old stuff and restore old stuff that sometimes it's easier and more satisfying or equally satisfying just to buy old stuff. Be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to restore that. And before you know it, you've got 15 projects in your queue. And uh, so today we're going to talk about some of our projects that have not been touched yet or are waiting to be completed. James, tell us some about tell us about your your hoard. What have you got, man? Uh, well, I'm, I don't need to go into a seventh episode about my Universal Woodworkers, so I'll just say that those are eternal projects. Um, I actually brought show and tell. For my first one can you get oh dang it the video's not working ah ah so never mind i just dragged all this stuff in from my garage and i'll just talk to you and you guys can pretend you're looking at it damn it uh that's okay braille on them that we're touching <laughs> that's right yeah feel through your monitor i'm holding <laughs> up a bailey stanley number seven hand plane this is something that I got at an estate sale, oh my gosh, three years ago. And I got it for a steal because everything metal-wise on this is in tip-top shape, and the handle is just beat. It is missing the hardware for the handle mount to the base and the upper hook. You guys know the longer metal planes um they're kind of uh, curved so that when you're leaning into these hand planes you can press down as, as much as you press forward sure the upper right. the, yep. the upper corner of that is was just ripped off a chunk of it was ripped off and so i probably got it for 20 bucks and it's nice it's, nice. it's a nice hand plane it's in really good condition it cuts really well and I said, oh, yeah, this would be perfect. I'm into woodworking. I'll make a hand-sculpted you know, handle for this thing. No, no biggie. And it's just sat there. And it's just my little monument on my, my uh, workbench of a project that I'd rather use the tool than fix it. So I use it all the time. And hey, that's okay. No, no worries. Busted uh, handle. And every time I grab it, I'm mad at myself that that is not my project for the day. But... I still just keep putting it off. That's okay, James. I mean, that, on just a side note, I mean, I knew there were planes, but I never realized how many planes were out there. There's a plane for everything. No matter yeah. what you want to do, there's a plane for it. There's a number one, there's a number two, there's a number 57. You know, they just go on and on and on. And it's, it's kind of cool to see all those different planes and what they're all used for. Yeah. 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 Planes and vices. If you don't understand it, you don't understand why there's so many, and then you scratch the surface, and it, the world kind of just unfolds, and you're like, oh, my God, I didn't realize they have a specialized vice or a specialized hand plane just for that. Right. All right. Well, I guess I'll go next here. My 
my I'll confess my sins here. I have a Walker Turner 16-inch bandsaw that when I bought it, it was uh, in need of repair in, in a couple areas, but it still worked. So it ran and it functioned and I could use it. And then one day, well, I, I guess it's a little backstory. Previously, I had restored, uh, completely taken apart and redone a Walker Turner drill press. And I want the drill press and the bandsaw to match, okay? I want the colors to be the same, you know, they're the same maker, so I want it to look like they came, you know, from the factory like that. So I have the Walker Turner 16-inch bandsaw, and I took it all apart just like I did the drill press. And for the past, oh, I'd say six months probably it's just sat on my workbench i've been slowly you know maybe a piece here or there i put into the simple green tank to strip the paint off and and do a little bit of work here and there but it, it's basically sat stagnant for a while and i had that initial motivation for when i took it all apart and i you know have all the nuts and bolts organized like we talked about in our in our previous uh, podcast about organization and it, it's just sitting there and one, I guess one of the biggest things is, is that the next step would be paint. And I do have a garage that I could paint in, but it wouldn't be the most well-ventilated area. And I, I don't really want to get, you know, paint dust and overspray on everything. So that, that's, right. that's my main excuse is that I'm waiting for the summer to, uh, to get that free time and the nicer days so that I can paint and, you know, get a big chunk of it knocked out. But that, that's my excuse. So that's my first project that hasn't really got to where I wanted it to be quick enough. You, you have it on your schedule, though. You're going to do it. Then. It is. I, I am actually going to do this one. I mean, I know there are some that sit around for forever, but this one is actually going to get done. It just is taking a while. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it. There's your commitment. I didn't yeah, yeah. keep me in check. Mine's just my sins. I'll never get to that hand plank, but Evan's committed. <laughs> there you I go. I am committed. I'm repenting. You get discouraged with, with those big projects, with the bigger machines. I actually... I too have a Walker Turner bandsaw that is in my queue. Mine is a 20 inch Walker Turner uh, bandsaw that I collected when I'd actually just gotten separated from my wife. I was injured at the time. I had a cast on my hand from getting hurt at work and I had to disassemble this machine in this guy's wood shop. It was basically, I got a message from this guy like, listen, you either get it today or it's going to the scrapyard. I don't really care. And uh, I went up going to this place, disassembling it with one good hand, trying to drag it. I had to drag it up a hill to my truck. It was awful. And it sort of just sat in the background in this last year, um, just waiting to get to get done up. And it's a big job. And all I mean, it's like the um, it's like any other big machine. All the castings weigh no less than 50 pounds a piece. And it's just big and clunky. I know it's going to take forever. And it's kind of. I've found some other cool things in the meantime that have either pushed their way to the top of the queue or wound up getting done ahead of it. And so it's kind of just waited and it's waiting for its time. But now that I have the new shop, I have about half of this machine in the new space. And once I get everything there, it will uh, probably won't be long before I get to it. So, so I've, the, I've seen that bandsaw. It's, it's, it's really nice. I've, I've seen it. It's got the, the uh, slow speed gearbox on the back so you can cut metal and wood with it. I didn't believe Dave at first. I was kind of calling him out saying that there's no way he had it on the back. But then I think he literally stopped in the middle of the road on his way home and took a picture of it and sent it to me just to prove that it had the gearbox on the back. Well, James, it's funny. 
there's a little bit of history about this bandsaw. Uh, me and Evan were both contacting this guy over it. And um, in the pictures, it was unclear whether or not it was the wood cutting version or the wood and metal cutting version oh, based man. on the pictures. And the guy, the guy didn't really know what he had. It was his father's uh, machine from when he was a kid. And this guy was a woodworker his whole life following his father's footsteps and told shop the motor finally crapped out and he needed it gone. And he just wasn't really able to, he just didn't know what he had is what it came down to. But, and I think, I, I want to say, Evan, you contacted him before I did about the machine. And he was like, I don't think it's, I think it's just wood or it doesn't have a gearbox or whatever. Yeah. And I guess I was able to get a few extra pictures out of him or something. I don't remember the exact story, but I wound up going and checking it out. I was like, oh, 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 oh wood and metal. Hey, oh. Yeah. Did you guys compete over that? No, because when I got the pic or saw whatever pictures he had posted and I couldn't tell. And then I did contact the guy and he was like, yeah, I think it's just wood. So I kind of left it be. And then I think, uh, then I saw a picture or James or Dave had posted that he had got it. And I was like, well, you know, it doesn't have the, the gearbox on it. And he's like, yes, it does. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> so yeah, he stopped in the middle of the road and sent me the picture. And I was like, well, it, so it, in my defense, it wasn't the gearbox that I was used to seeing. They had a newer, updated model that has it built into the back, uh-huh. yeah. and that that it did have that one. So I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that. I, I just thought it was, you know, the the casting. But so, no, so it does. You, you were going after another one so that you would have two of them that you didn't have working. Yeah, well, I I wanted to buy this one if it had the gearbox just to get the gearbox off of it. Oh, okay. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, Dave, what's your first domino that's your excuse for not tackling it already? That you built it up to one first thing that has to fall, and then all of the stars align, and it's just going to be a perfect restoration? What, what was the, the cause? You know what? I, I had found some other cool stuff to get into. And, I, I mean, it's been, like, kind of, like, you know, not to be a Debbie Downer. This, this last year of my life's been a little crazy. I've been out of my, my shop for the last year. So I really haven't had good access to the project. Mm. Um, but before that even went down, or before I was out of the space, I think I had bought a, I want to say I bought this uh, antique diagraph machine, which is like a like a, a letter stamping machine that they use to make shipping labels. That is um, sweet. I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah, way cool. Um, but like, I have a, I have a problem. Like I, I Facebook marketplace old machinery like every day so when i find something for like a same, stupid deal same i i it, you know even if i have something i haven't touched already i wind up i'll go i'll um hey can I, can I pick it up tomorrow can i pick it up today like and i'm going i'll go get something else and so it's easy to snowball into not realizing how many unworked projects you have if you're not careful i have quite a few that's true i mean that's that's kind of my my conundrum as well i don't know about you guys but i I seem to kind of go in this up and down cycle where when I'm up, you know, I, I have a project and I get really motivated and I take it all apart and I start on the process and then it kind of <laughs> slips away and falls to the wayside for a little bit. And then, you know, on the downstroke coming back up again, I'm like, oh, I got to get this done. So then I finish it up and I get the final assembly done. But that could be over the, the time, you know, frame of a couple months. Or if yep. there, there's been a couple projects where I'm like, I need to do this and I get it done and relatively short fashion like with my uh wilton uh swivel jaw wilton vice that i did 
I, I got that done in relatively short fashion. Well, one plus it's, it's not a huge machine. It's not a bandsaw. It's, it's more manageable to deal with. Um, so, you know, having those larger machines with a lot of parts or heavy castings, that kind of, it kind of wears on you. I mean, even though we love to do this, it picking up those things and moving those things all the time, isn't the most fun every day, especially when yeah. you just worked and you come home and, you know, might not have a lot of time. Yep, I agree. I, I wasn't going to talk about it, but now I'm going to talk about it because you've already said paint and big stuff. The table saw on my first crescent is my uh, black eye in the garage. Every time I walk in there, I see it splayed out in pieces. I uh, tried to press the shaft and the bearings out and smashed one end of the bearings and it got jammed. And I don't have a press big enough to push the whole thing out with enough force. Mm. And I couldn't commit. You had said paint. I couldn't commit to what paint color I wanted. So I had given everything a nice evaporous bath. bath, And then it went through a whole change of seasons. And now it's all got that terrible poser orange rust on it. So now I feel even worse that I've started. And I got to go do it again and rewire wheel it again. And now I I have a, a working machine. And I have even less interest in going and trying to put this other table saw together first. So it is just staring right in the middle of the garage in a sad pile of pieces, just saying, hey, remember how you sucked at this? Yeah, yeah, don't forget me. That's okay. I feel like the restoration, like it's funny that you mentioned it, Evan, as being like the ups and downs in it. I've never heard anybody talk about that before, but it it's so true. I mean, oh my God. Like you you see a project that comes onto your radar one way or another and it's like, Oh my God. And you're like, you know, you were on top of the world. You found that thing you've been looking for for so long. Yes. Or you see something that just for whatever reason it catches your eye and you're like just so excited about it. You can picture the long term where it's beautiful again and you've done all this work that seems so easy in your head when you're gaming it out. Then you finally go, you go pay for it. You get it back to your shop. You're still cruising. You're sailing high. You know, you're on cloud nine and then you get it apart. And that part's easy. That's really not actually work. You disassemble. That's kind of fun. But then once everything's in front of you, it's like, okay, I got a lot of work to do before I get to this long goal. And so you're down like you, sometimes you crash, like you're right. right. Overwhelming when it's actually the reality of it's all in front of you. And, um, yeah, it's like a, it's a roller coaster ride, man. One, if you can break through that that low point at the bottom and actually kind of force yourself to get to work, um, or force yourself to make it through some of those hard times when you're like you don't really feel like just wire wheeling for three hours straight. I mean, <laughs> that can be it's just a grind sometimes. Yeah, I, I think we but, we hit on two really good points. You know, one from Dave and one from James, where. You can you can get stopped up. I mean, there's more reasons than this, but some of the most common or most, you know, major reasons is where one, like Dave said, where you just get hit with the, you know, the immensity of the project. And you're like, I don't I can't do this right now or I, I just need to take a break or you know, I, I can't get to it right now or time limitations stuff comes up. Life happens. You know, that's OK. And then, like James said, where. You know, he was working on a bearing and tried to press it out and it got stuck. Like there's been a couple projects where something wasn't going right. And instead of getting out the bigger hammer and maybe breaking something, I'm like, okay, this is stuck. I'm just going to leave it for a while and let myself cool off so I don't end up damaging something or, or breaking something irreparably that I can't repair. Yeah. Just because I was angry or being stupid with, with 
the item. Yeah, I was. I'll totally admit I was being stupid and getting mad that it wasn't coming apart, and now it's stuck, and now it is even more of a pill to swallow for me to go yeah. reopen that wound and say, okay, now the thing that stopped me in my tracks is the only thing keeping me from moving to the next step. And I still have to figure it out. I still don't want to figure it out. And it's still going to remind me every day that I've somewhat yeah. been up on it. Uh, you were speaking to what, the roller coaster emotion. You guys ever have it on the other side where, where you finally get to a, back to a project and you finish it and you're staring at it and you're like, oh, this is amazing. And it's that high. And then right after that high, you go, that really wasn't that much work. And you're almost like, you kind of yell at yourself going, well, that's stupid. I made such a big deal thinking this was going to be so hard. And it really was a few hours and you were past it, but you overthought it for weeks or months and you Absolutely. made a bigger deal about it. And then you finally find time or motivation to do it. You do it and you go, why, why was I, why was I freaking out about this? Why was I thinking this was going to be the hardest thing ever? And it, it really, it really wasn't once you put yourself to it. I think I have that with just about every project I do. I mean, to varying degrees where I'm like, oh, man, this is going to take forever. Or and then when I finally do it, I'm like, well, all I had to do was just get a couple hours and and put my head to the grindstone and, and get going. Yep. I can think of a couple instances with me. I, I bought a uh, my first Walker Turner drill press that is somehow the most popular video I have that I put together on, on YouTube. Um was literally sitting in the corner of my shop for like two months after I bought it, like just feeling completely overwhelmed to even start just because it's so many, it so many moving parts, so many big heavy castings for me at the time, it was the biggest, one of the biggest projects I'd taken on. And I just stared at it for months. And I actually wound up talking to, um, to Eric and Han to rescue, like, like, Hey, listen, dude, like, what do you trying to get bounce some ideas off at the time I, i'd been chatting with him a little bit at the time about his philosophies and stuff like that and he's like look be honest with yourself if you get started with it it'll take you probably two full days of work to get going and like i had like a one-year-old at the time and i had you know busy with work and things going on in my life and you know it was like but once you actually get started once i actually got started i finished it in like three days you know what i mean yeah it's just psych yourself out sometimes yeah when you just it's the hardest part is just getting started sometimes. Yeah, uh, I did. I did the complete, the complete opposite with my Walker Turner drill. I think the day after I got it home, I just started taking stuff apart as I was just like, I need to get this going because I, I was, I was excited. It was one of the, one of the first bigger things that I had gotten that I wanted to restore and, and, you know, just doing all the initial research and finding out, you know, what it was and, and what it what it was used for and the pristine condition that it was in i'm like i have to get this started i want to get this done because um, i think it was in the beginning of the summer that i purchased that and then i i'm a teacher so i have off for the summers which is which is nice so i have a lot of time to work on that stuff so i was just getting going and, and taking it apart and um, sometimes that can be bad because if you're just jumping into it without uh, like we said, properly cataloging or organizing things, it can get messed up. You can lose parts. You can forget how stuff goes together. So that's why it <laughs> pays to either take a video of what you're doing or take a lot of pictures. Because if you're in a rush or you're excited about something, you know, those details, they might seem fresh in your head and stuck there. But when, you know, a couple weeks or maybe in a month or so down the road, when you go to put this back together after you're done painting or whatever you need to do, 
you're like, uh, where does this washer go or where does this bolt go? I'm, I don't see it. So that, that's why it pays to be organized. You can be excited about your projects and get them done in a short period of time, but just make sure you remember what you're doing and where everything goes. Yeah. It's funny you said that the respect and admiration for the tool actually gave you the, the uh, motivation. And I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but the first universal I found was at the side of the road and it was stored outside for five years, which is why everything's so seized up. Um, and that's that how I found it, you know, gave me the attitude of I can pick at this little bits and pieces. It'll be a nice heirloom type of tool. If I get running in five to 10 years, that'd be great. But then you guys helped me find the Sydney and the Sydney's in mint condition for something that old and it's operating and I see it run. And now it's in, in, uh, sub assemblies on my floor. I have almost this historic duty and excitement that it trumps everything else that I got. I, I need to put that together. I owe that tool <laughs> the ability to be running again and doing its job. And, and it's all perception, which is yeah. it's crazy. It wasn't like this was sitting around for, you know, 50 years where nobody had used it. This, that, that universal woodworker had basically been used from, you know, 1915 or whenever it was built. 16. All the way, 1916, all the way up until the day we took it apart to move it. And, yeah. you know, you, you kind of have to get that thing back together and going again because it ran for all those years and it'd be a, a disservice to not get it running again. Yeah. Well, James, yeah, you, I'm a liar to myself. What's that? James, have you taken some time to electro pencil your name onto the uh, tabletop on the jointer like the other the other owners did? No, no. The the joiner table, you know how heavy that thing is. I think that's probably going to be one of the last things to get lifted on. Um, Tell our listeners about that. That's such a cool feature of that tool. Yeah, right on the joiner table itself, um, it looks like I, – I don't know if we got it straight from the shop owner, but it looks like at some point in time the original owner and then his son both had their names vibro-etched onto the joiner table and i know everybody goes oh my god you're you're messing with a, a perfectly smooth flat true surface but this is in the outer corner and honestly to have the guy's name on the tools is really really a neat aspect to it and i i'm very torn because you know I'm, I'm not part of this tool's history yet besides sabotaging it from delaware so I decided I'm not going to put my name on it until I actually produce something uh, like a, a finished product or, 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 a, or a, not a time, not an heirloom piece. I don't want to go that far, but at least say, yes, I've used this whole tool for its, its intended purpose and it's assembled and it's running and it's new home and it's operational and it's mine and it has, you know, a, a defined future. So I, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to do it just yet, but that is the plan. It's a good plan. Kind of a ceremonial a christening. Or, christening, yeah. Or, funny the direction this episode is taken. I don't think any of us anticipated this, but it's yeah. almost become an episode about the emotional aspects of restoration and the and what a ride it can be. It's really is. It, it basically is, I yeah. About, but it's uh, it's interesting to hear your guys' perspectives too, because. 
I kind of thought maybe it was just me because I'm kind of a goofy guy, and you know, like, <laughs> but I think it maybe is more common than thought. I uh, I wonder if I had a thought as we had talked about getting excited and buying things, and then not having the time to get them. Have you guys almost gotten into like a, a decision bind where maybe there are more than one option, but it's not like you're gonna buy everything out there. I had this when you guys were really coaching me up on vices. Uh, I mean, I got probably six or seven ads in that span of a half hour going, hey, this is affordable, this would be a cool one. Hey, this is affordable, this would be a cool one. And I was looking at it like trying to do the history research, hey, which one of these could I be most excited about? Which one of these is worth the drive and the condition and the restoration? And I ended up just stalling out and trying to say, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll make a decision tomorrow. Maybe I'll call the guy tomorrow. And then by the time I get it, you know, finally uh, pick something, it's gone. Like, oh, I'll, I'll go find that one. And, and the decision I make, you know, is too late or, or I just it just peters out. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I've had that. I've had that several times where I'm like, oh, I, I would love to have that. It's mainly more of, of distance for me is like um, the distance I will have to go to get something. Yes, I really, really want it. But do I want to drive the three, four hours or whatever it is to go get it? And, you know, most times I don't really factor in my time where because it's just something I love to do and I don't, I don't pay myself. But other times I'm like, well, I, do I really want to spend six hours running up there for something that, you know, I, I would love to have, but I don't have to have it. So it's, it's yeah. a balance there. And yeah. I've been looking into that a little bit lately too, as far as, so I, I know you, we've talked about it, but I don't think I've talked to the listeners about it. I'm, I'm interested in uh, picking up a very specific old truck. Uh, these Dodge power wagons that were made from 45 to 68 in the U S really cool trucks and yeah it's tough to like balance you looking at one well there's one that's an hour away but it's basically a rusting pile of garbage and the price might be right it might be a little off or there's one that's seven hours away and it's three times as expensive and you still don't know exactly what you're getting it's like do you really want to drive seven hours to get something that you maybe you don't really need it you know but it's cool and you could wait a little bit longer and you might find something closer. It's like, you know, at some point you got to find a balance of cost and time and needing versus wanting versus condition. And, and yeah, it is tough to find, to, to strike that balance um, when it comes to that kind of thing. I, I, I almost feel when trying to balance all that out too, I'm like, I'm about to introduce another thing that depending on how life or my priorities and restoration go, it could honestly sit around for weeks or months or hell a year. Uh, or I'm about to put a huge pause on something that may have that mid project momentum. And am I ready to have that in pieces for an undetermined amount of time? And I just go in these thought loops. Of, uh, what am I about to do to my, my limited space in my garage and, and my mental well being of having 10 great, ideas and nothing getting done i like i like the fact that you know you mentioned that it's kind of turned into a, a therapy session for us today because we we certainly love all the projects that we have and and we have plenty of stuff to work on and sometimes you know bring that up we feel like oh maybe i should get working on that again you know i've kind of neglected that enough and there's some things that i would like to 
start working on and and sometimes having that change of pace where you stop a project for a little bit and you work on something else is is really good to do because it kind of gives you renewed energy plus you get to work on something you haven't worked on in a while and then when you do come back to the previous project you're like oh, okay i'm ready to go i'm, I'm kind of rejuvenated and, and ready to work on this project again so we want to make sure that we uh thank the listeners we know we have a lot of new listeners from around the world united states a whole bunch of other countries we really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us uh remember you can always find us on our instagram at the restoration podcast make sure you check us out there uh follow us for updates as well as you can find the link to our podcast in case you need that we have several different sites you can stream from wherever you get your podcasts and you can also send us an email if you need to get a hold of us with questions or comments uh, about the episodes. It's the restoration podcast at gmail.com. Make sure to, to send us if you have any, have any questions. Yeah, I, I just want to say we're finally on all major podcast distributions. So uh, please, if you like it, please rate us on whatever those platforms may be, Google, Apple, uh, and share. Honestly, the, the best thing we could ask for is you passing along that us go- goofy dudes are talking about this. And if you enjoy it, just pass the word along to your friends that you know are into this stuff. We just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, share the love. Finally, on Apple Podcasts, um, we've had some uh, technical difficulties, but we're finally past them. And we're looking forward to uh, sharing our story. And we're looking forward to seeing you as part of the story as well. This is a three-person podcast, but we want it to be a four-person conversation. So, of course, join in in any way that you feel comfortable, and we're, we're looking forward to having you. Yeah. Uh, so, so final note, gentlemen, are we feeling better? Are we feeling more motivated to get stuff done? I think so, yeah. After I, after I get into my new house, I think I'm going to get going on you know some of the projects that have been lacking. Plus, it'll be into the warmer months, which definitely helps with, with any project, I think. Um, so I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to getting into the projects that I've, I've been neglecting for a little bit. I, I'm going to commit to making this handle. I'm staring at it now in my office. I'm going to finish this plane. It's going to get done. There you it's go. Good. You heard it. You heard it, it's ladies good. and gentlemen. It's a good winter project. It doesn't need paint, so I can do it in the cold. 20 inches worth of Walker Turner bandsaw. I cannot wait to get that up and running in my shop. The perfect new shop project in the new space, and it's happening. I think I feel like, uh, feel like a new man after this conversation today, gentlemen. I really feel... <laughs> yep, and, and listeners, make sure you hold us accountable. Hit us up on Instagram and say, "Hey, you know, Dave, Evan, James, how are those projects going?" You know, I know you said that that you'd work on them, so you better be working on them. So make sure you hold us accountable, and we we really appreciate you know the follow and the and the sharing of uh, of our podcast. Yeah, and if if you want us to to hold you accountable, you could uh, you let us know what your restoration confessions are, and let us know what you. Uh, what you're going to be tackling along with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, guys, we're good. Think so. Yep. Cool. Thank you for tuning into the Restoration Podcast with James, Evan, and Dave, where we restore yesterday's tools for the craftsmen of today. Thanks, y'all. See you guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.
you know, every yeah. recording, every recording ends with bye, and then Dave does his ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I did my what? You, Your you, little laugh. We, do, we go bye, 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 and then when they all trail off, you chuckle. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. Oh. Uh.